everybody. This is Jeff Feingold, editor of New Hampshire Business Review, along with our assist, associate editor, executive producer, and everybody, everything else, Amanda Andrews. And this week, we have on a special guest, someone who whose name is must be very familiar to our uh, New Hampshire Business Review readers. It's Doug Teschner, who is a uh, he's a longtime columnist for New Hampshire Business Review. He, he, he does his, uh, his columns on growing leadership, and they're very insightful and really tell, say a lot about what, good, what's a, what a, a good business, and it's particularly a good leader of a business, can and should do. I always learn a lot from it myself. Uh, so, Doug, first of all, welcome. Uh, thanks very much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Jeff. I'm delighted to be here. I'm honored to have my column in, in, in the paper and the leadership is just something I'm really passionate about. And, you know, I'm sort of at a point in my life where um, I still have my consulting business and I'm interested in that, but I'm at a point in my life where I had the opportunity to volunteer and, and do other things, which is what drove me to uh, Brave Angels that we're going to be talking about tonight. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. First of all, I want to tell you that, uh, you 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 work. I'm looking at your uh, screen uh, background right now. I just want to bring this up. That uh, Doug was worked for for several years, I believe, in Ukraine uh, as uh, running the Peace Corps in Ukraine. Is that how? That's I right. I was there from 10, 2010 to two thousand fourteen, and that, that was when Putin invaded. By the, the last part, yeah, the first time. And, um, you know, we had, at one point, we had more than 500 Americans, Peace Corps volunteers in Ukraine, and the Ukrainians are very uh, enthusiastic about having us there. They're really a lot of interest in, uh, we did a lot of teaching English, and a lot of mm. people were interested in sort of a European future, yeah. which is where this sort of clash uh, sort of sets up with uh, Vladimir Putin. And I'm, I'm, I'm sick about what's happening over there. Uh, um, hoping for the best. I mean, I'm I'm proud of the Ukrainians. I, I mm -hmm. sort of underestimated their military, but uh, I didn't underestimate the willingness to, to 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 fight. I knew there would be like you know a lot a, a real pushback because people want a future. So yeah. So that's something that sort of hovers in the background and and uh, that uh, sort of breaks my heart. But hope for the best. Yeah, I think I know I do as well, and. Uh... And it goes up and down every day with with the news, but anyway, I just Doug, I just wanted to mention this. You're here for something really specific. It's one of your other endeavors, I guess, to say it. It's called Braver Angels, and I have to say, you know, just knowing what the what the mission is, God bless you because it's sorely needed. And could you explain a little bit what what your work is through Braver Angels and what and what what you're doing in what you've done in the in the legislature, New Hampshire in particular? Well, Braver Angels is a, is a national citizens movement for civic renewal that's trying to bring Americans together to bridge the partisan divide and strengthen our democratic republic. You know, I just was, I, I got involved because I was so con just concerned about where the country is going. And, you, you know, it's important to have vigorous policy debates and differences of opinions and this is what, and this is what I've told the legislature in our in our workshops that we're going that I'm going to be talking about in a minute. Uh, the problem becomes when people start to demonize those people on the other side. If you don't agree with me, you're evil. You're stupid. And you know where is that taking us as a country? And it just seems like uh, 
from our political leaders to our citizens now, there just seems to be a, a sort of kind of intolerance. You know, I was over in Ukraine and um, no, I, I guess I was I was in I, I was in Africa, I believe it was in I believe I was in Guinea. I was also went through the uh, also went through the uh, Ebola uh, oh, epidemic in West Africa. I was I was there. And I heard about the, a show on the uh, about this on the uh, public radio, the um, This American Life, and I tuned in, and they were talking about Bill O'Brien, who'd been a fairly divisive speaker in New Hampshire. But there was also a segment on political, how people's uh, politics is becoming so much of people's identity. Mm. And I remember there was one point in that in that in that talk where somebody said, "Well, I'll still invite my brother-in-law to to the barbecue." Uh, my brother-in-law who voted for Barack Obama, but he's going to have to bring his own meat. And I'm thinking, what? What is? I mean, this was you know we're going back now, maybe eight years when 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 I heard this, and I said, what what is that all about? What is happening in our country? When did politics become so tied to people's identity? Mm. You know, when did politics become more important than family? I mean, I hear people you know are dividing over family. So this is something that really had concerned me. And and I was in the state legislature, although it's been a long time. <laughs> but I found an old speech I gave in 1998 where I talked about declining civility, and I mm. talked about the uh, the house as a sacred space. And 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 you know, and, and, you know Bush, we'd love to go back to 1998 compared to where it is now. But <laughs> people, you know, just the meanness and the nastiness and the and you know, how is how has politics become so important in people's identity? So I was looking. I, my concern of this I drew drew me to uh, the braver angels. Uh, I'm a volunteer, by the way. I don't get paid. I am the New England regional leader, but most of braver angels is volunteers. Yeah. And all the people who've been doing the work at the legislature, we're all volunteers. None of us are paid. Uh, but people that are really passionate about what about where the country's going, what's the future going to look like for our children and our grandchildren. And I, I, interestingly, I was first uh, connected with Brave Rangers through Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary, the folk huh. singer. And I knew he had come to Ukraine, believe it or not. Some of my volunteers invited him, and he was Ukrainian descent, and he had a he had an anti-bullying uh, sort of nonprofit that was through music, and he, he showed up in Ukraine. I got to know him. We got to know each other pretty well. This is going back like 2010, 2012, and mm-hmm. and. And he came to Lebanon, New Hampshire, for a concert back in uh, in the fall of 2019, just before Ebola. And I got to talk to him upstage afterwards. And he said, Doug, you've got to get involved with this group. Better, It was called Better Angels back then. It changed mm-hmm. the name to Braver Angels. And I looked into it, and I, I, I started connecting with people. And it just became uh, something where I'm spending the, the vast majority of my time. Mm. Uh, um, in in terms of, uh, you know, my day-to-day effort is what can we do to address these issues? You know, we envision an America where with this respectful embrace of political disagreements, where mm. civic friendship flourishes and competing perspectives strengthen our nation. And, you know, with key values such as respect, humility, honesty, responsible citizenship. And our goal is not to change people's views of issues, but to change their views of each other. Mm. So in some of the work we've been doing in the legislature, I mean, you know, there's talk about compromise. Well, I'm all for compromise, but that's not the essence of what we're about. The essence we're all about is sure, disagree, but just because you disagree with me doesn't mean you're evil or you're, or you're stupid 
or yeah. whatever. And and uh, and so that's why that's Braver Angels is a national movement. Now, uh, a couple of years ago, Braver Angels started an initiative called Braver Politics specifically. By the way, Braver Angels was founded right after the 2016 election. Oh, I got involved in 2019. And then in 2021, uh, there was announced an initiative called Braver Politics to work specifically with elected officials and, 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 and their staff within the Braver Angels framework. And uh, because I had been in the legislature, I was sort of it was sort of an obvious for me to kind of pursue that. And and so I started approaching people I knew in the legislature. I'd been out a long time, but you know, there's people in the legislature that have been in, in there a very long time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the House Speaker, Sherman Packard, he, he and I served together. We know each other. This is like uh, Jeb Bradley, the Senate president. He came in after me. I kind of showed him the ropes a little bit when I was first starting out. <laughs> Back in 1990, I think he came into the House. Wow. And I, I'd already been in there two years, so I thought I knew something. And uh, but uh, so you know, some people stay in politics. I I, I didn't, but I you know I started approaching uh, Sherm, Speaker Packard, and said you know we could do a workshop. Let would you would you let us try this? And in December of 2021, we did the first what we call a red blue workshop, which is we have equal number of people. Uh, and this is the classic Brave Brains workshop for citizens. You have equal number of, 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 of we, we call them lean red, lean blue people in the room. And then they sort of look at each, try to look at each other from different angles. And uh, our our founder, one of our founders, Bill Doherty, is, is from Minnesota. And he's a, uh, he's a marriage therapist by training, which is, uh, and, and he's a professor. He teaches at University of Minnesota. He's one of the founders of uh, Brave Rangers. So Bill agreed to come out. I mean, I, I got to Sherm to agree to do a workshop. And I I walked out of, I remember walking out of the state house thinking, my God, I hope I can deliver on this. I called up Bill. I said, Bill, they're ready to go. And he came right out. It was just before Christmas, a few days before Christmas in 2021. Mm. And we had six on the side and people really talked to each other. It mm -hmm. was powerful. I mean, we've been kind of exploring, um, Bill's designed it around the question, what, what, are, what are your, what are your, uh, what about your upbringing and your past that defines your political views? And people, so people tell stories about their lives and they get to know each other in a personal way. And to the end of that three hour workshop, I mean, I literally, I thought this is the best day of my life. People walked out of there, they were talking to each other. Wow. Now, what I underestimated is people go back to their <laughs> back to their side and start saying, well, we talked to these people and and uh, yeah, and there and then there's a lot of pushback, you know. Well, why are you doing that? Why are you listening to those people on the other side? Mm. There's a lot of forces right now in our country that are really pushing against any of the, uh, of the sort of the key principles that we're trying to embrace at Braver Angels, including um, conflict entrepreneurs. I mean, the way people, mm. those are people that are making money and, and, and gaining influence by trying to divide the country. And, you know, and, and, and through social media, mainstream media, other ways, um, it, when you actually get people in the room, and we have done this repeatedly in Braver Angels. I remember one, one workshop we had down in Boston and it was citizens, but they were pretty, it was a, it was a red blue. So you had to have equal numbers of, of activists on both sides. It was about elections. Mm. And um, it was mostly people from Massachusetts, but we had some from New Hampshire. 
And I remember at the beginning, I'm, I'm standing there talking to people. And one person said to me, well, you know, it's the people against the government. It's the people against the government. You know, I mean, that's sort of a starting point for some people. It, it's, mm. it's pretty strong. But when you actually get people to sit down like they did that day, and they agreed on an amazing number of things about what they would like to see in elections with, when they're in the room talking to each other. And we find that at our workshops. I think the challenge becomes now, how do you, how do you take that, you know, how do you take that so it begins to change? The, the polarization, I'm afraid, has gotten worse since, uh, probably since Braver Angels was found. It's worse than it was in yeah. 2016. You know, I- Great change in the country. Yeah. Yep. Now, Doug, you were talking a lot about this. I guess the only animosity between between the two sides is actually more than that. It's, in some cases, it's hatred. But I remember having a conversation with Donna Sitek, who was a, a House Speaker, probably when you were there. I would think. Oh yeah, and I was on the Ways and Means Committee. She yes. was the chairman. I was one of the members. Yeah. And yeah and later, she, she was the speaker when I was there. Yeah. She was the longtime speaker, a very very nice woman. And I remember having to talk with her. It was back in. Oh, probably about 15 years ago. It was about the time of the aforementioned House Speaker you mentioned, when there was a lot of divisiveness. Well, when the divisiveness was really pretty apparent in, in the legislature even then. And uh, I was talking to her about it. And I said, do you miss it? She said, no. She said, you know, when I was in the, when I was in the legislature, it didn't matter what you were, a Republican or a Democrat. You went to people's uh, play, play, homes for dinner. You went to their weddings, their children's weddings. You went... You know, you you went out afterwards. You know, together. You spent. You went on vacations together. It doesn't happen anymore. There's there's like no uh, there's no connection. And why is that? I mean, it used to be a place where people were. You know, they'd spend. You know, back in the days in the New Hampshire Highway Hotel. You know, they'd be sharing rooms in the hotel together. I guess I don't know, but it's just not anywhere near that now. Well, and yet people talk about that was the New Hampshire Highway Hotel was before my time, but yeah, it was over across the uh, highway in Concord, right? We're near where what what is this? This the LL Bean is there now. That whole uh, yeah. shopping center. Yeah, there's all over, and uh, um, that was before my time. But it was the the principle. There was it was it was always understood. You know, people did stay there together. When you, when people just get to know each other, yeah. see, this is where COVID has really aggravated. It, it just piled on another problem when people weren't talking to each other but you know people are segregating now even by um ge geographically more yeah. with social media you know people are not you know the whole the whole uh breakdown of uh, in a lot of ways of civil society i mean you know the, the famous book by robert putnam bowling alone how people yes. People are, you know, they're not in, they're not in civic organizations. It's whether it's churches or rotary clubs, lions clubs, there's a lot less of that. And mm. these are the ways people interact with each other. So people are at home and they're on their uh, computers or, you know, they're they're And now that, you know, so much of the media is so segmented mm. and the way the social media works on politics with the algorithms, it's just feeds people things that they want to believe you know they, what they already believed you know there's no there, there's very hard to you know, there are resources out there like allsides.com or the flip side or you know there are resources where people can get com comparative point of views but people are in their own little bubbles now and the technology has really fostered that and it just adds to the problem yeah um, 
So let, let me just share a couple of things that people said. We just had a workshop last week. We had 23 state reps. It was, again, one of these red-blue workshops. Now, we've done other ones since that first one. We also, we've also done skills training. Uh, we did skills training for, um, through the Secretary of State's office for moderators and, and hmm. supervisors of this checklist and uh, clerks. And the training was on managing difficult conversations with voters. So hmm. when someone gets in your face, how are w positive ways you can manage those kind of conversations? So we have skills trainings, um, and 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 we did we did one uh, in the legislature managing difficult conversations with colleagues. We did it at a reps hall back in last December. We had a hundred state reps were there. It was, and we had some there was some press coverage. The it was open. That was kind of exciting. But last week we did another one of these red blue workshops where we had equal numbers of a side, and, and we were asking people to really share about. Um, um, you know, their life stories. And these are just a couple of the quotes. I'm, I'm right at the moment, I'm, I'm writing a report on this. So I've been kind of, and I pulled up these, these are quotes. This is what people actually said during the workshop. It's easier to get along if you've looked someone in the eye and shared some common interests. Hmm. We are much more alike than dissimilar and we need to remember that. We need to listen more. Gosh, listen more. Wait, how, you know, if you, Stephen Covey, I mean, you know, if you read my columns, you know, I love Stephen Covey, yeah. you know, listening to understand as opposed to listening to respond. I mean, listening skills. I mean, I, I feel like our schools are letting us down. You know, kids don't know how to do this stuff anymore. Of course, there's a lot of bad role models in adults, but we need to listen more. Somebody said that. And then someone said, we don't take time to get to know each other. We need to institutionalize this process. They're basically saying we need people to, you know, go to these kind of workshops so they actually have a chance to have conversations. Mm, that's... Uh, and and but but you know one of the things that they did they did talk about some of the solutions and one of the solutions that I'm that I'm excited about and I did speak to I've already spoken to Speaker Packard about it and people brought it up at this last workshop was going back to mixed seating in the legislature. You know, mm. they used to be you used to have a Democrats or sitting near you or a Republican on the other side. Uh, and then they went to the sort of they're doing it the way the Congress does it, where mm. all the Republicans are on this side, all the Democrats are on this side. That's been uh, going on for 10 or years or so, mm. going back to mixed seating, because when people actually get to are forced to talk mm. to each other, it just you, you have a relationship. You begin yeah. to see people as human beings. And this is what we need. Here's another great quote. And this was. Uh, and this one was attributed, uh, Rebecca McWilliams, a Democrat from okay. Concord, told me I, I could use her name. She, she said, uh, I didn't expect that we'd be able to let down our guards and open up to dialogue with one another, but that's exactly what we did. It was eye-opening to hear everyone's stories and to see one another as imperfect humans with so much in common. Mm. I look forward to continuing to listen with empathy and work across the aisle with all my house colleagues. I mean, that to me was sort of the essence of what we're trying to accomplish. Mm. So how do you sustain it is the, is the challenge. But we're hope, there's talk about creating a caucus, of, sort of a red-blue caucus at the, at the House. And, we, you know, uh, those of us who are volunteering with Braver Angels, we're ready to support this. And we're also ready to help people um, support efforts in their own communities. Mm. We, I, we did a training for the City of Lebanon, the City Council, and, and, and we're, prepared, we're prepared to offer offer that to other towns 
Um, and, you know, right. we know that things are become really difficult in school boards and helping mm. give, give people strength to managing manage these difficult conversations. So that's what we want to do. That's what we're committed to. We think that it's necessary to to uh, to create, you know, to just to, create, to keep our country together. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, I encourage people to um, uh, go to Braver Angels, go to our website, take a look. You can become a member for twelve dollars. But you don't have to be a member. There's all kinds of free activities. There's debates, there's workshops. Mm. And we're having a big convention in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And, oh, that's and, a good place to have it. <laughs> well, the origin, yeah, well, the origin of Braver Angels is the great quote where, uh, where Abraham Lincoln talked yes. about the better angels of our nature. Yes. You know, and, and, and think about Think about how Abraham Lincoln was ever sort of to bring the country together with malice toward mm. none, mm. you know, after this incredible civil war that we went through in our country. And so they, they, this is what we're working on. And it, 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 it's essentially important, but it's also very daunting. At times it gets very discouraging. But yeah. uh, we have a New Hampshire group, by the way, that meets periodically online. They had a meeting last night. And any citizen can sign up and go, and there's a conversation. They were talking last night about social media. They've they've had they've had discussions on abortion, very civilized conversations because we have ground rules about how you're going to manage oh. conversations like that. We had a really, you know, both sides. Um, you know, we call it the Brave Angels way, which is how we manage a conversation. We've had we there's debates. Um, so I encourage people to uh, go to the website and look what's there. Come to Gettysburg if you would like. But you don't have to do that. You can just sign up for something, some a, a free event. Is that and is the website? Very few staff. I mean, this is very volunteer driven. Is 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 the website? Is it braverangels.org? Braver exactly. Okay, yeah. just to make sure, so people are looking for it. Yeah, I had I had I had another question, and while you're talking, you're talking about the New Hampshire legislature, but uh, does that does anyone try this Braver Angels in the halls of the U.S. Congress? Well, we have, we have, you know, it, it's tougher. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bill Doherty, I, I mentioned, has been down there and has done some work. You know, he has done some of these, some workshops. So, um, I mean, this is, this is our goal. We're trying to get, you know, yeah. we're trying to get to Congress. But, you know, the, the, the challenge right now, you know, the way the political system is working, you know, there's, there's so many, there's so many disincentives there's a lot of disincentives to having meaningful conversations with people on the other side. Uh, for starters, yeah. starters, you're going to get primaried. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the the powers that be on both in both political parties. Um, you know, it used to be like there were pro-life uh, Democrats, pro-choice yeah. Republicans, but now if you don't if you're not right down the line on the party issues, um, um, somebody's got to come after you. Yeah, and I just saw today, for instance, someone's you know someone's filed against Mitt Romney uh, in in Utah uh, as a senator. So um, so what we're seeing is more and more partisans, you know, are being elected to uh, to office, and we're seeing it in New Hampshire too. I've noticed yeah. even with the state rep races, there's more outside money. It never used never used to be like that. I mean, I've watched outside money come yeah. in, you know, just for a local state rep race. Know it. It's um, crazy. So I mean these are these are, I mean the challenge is enormous. Um, 
Hmm. I guess I just want, I don't want to leave this earth without knowing I try to do, <laughs> try to do my part because I'm, uh, I, I'm really concerned about the country and what, what the future is going to bring. Yeah. Have, have you, have you, have you ever talked to uh, Justice uh, David Souter about this? I know that was what his, his focus was when he, after he left the Supreme Court. And I well, think he, he kind of represented I, I he, to, excuse me. Well, I know he, he, civics education was one yes. of the things he was pushing, and there was a group doing that. And to me, that is certainly a big part of this. Yeah. Is, is and, you know, we're not teaching that in schools. I mean, one of the challenges, it's, it seems like, in, you know, to, to me, we're missing a lot in schools. Yes. <laughs> we're missing listening and how do people have conversations, you know, just basic skills. You know, when people get it right now, like, let's say politics comes up, you, you have sort of, you have two choices. Yeah. Either don't say a word. It's like the elephant in the room. Yeah. Or you get into some kind of a conflict. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot, a lot of it is, I, I think my wife's been an educator for better part of 40 years. And from just the way I observe it, it's, I think that there's so much demand put on our schools. And now with all the testing going on, there's little no, room for, there's little room for any kind of discussion. It's all basically drumming things in the kid's head so they can pass that test. And that's, well, this that's is not the way education is or should be. Well, I kind of, I kind of feel. Um, I was on a in my town. I actually just moved out to Lebanon. Yeah, I lived up in Haverhill in uh, Grafton County, north to the north, rural town. And I was on a committee that was doing business, um, trying to promote business in town. It's a property poor town. Got a lot of, you know, we had a lot of dairy farms mm. that had gone out. And we and we did a little study. We interviewed. Um, we interviewed uh, New Hampshire businesses and I was a little bit shocked when they said, well, it's really hard to hire people. They don't show up on time. Mm. They don't know how to, you know, they don't know how to uh, dress. They don't know how to interact with customers. And I, I kind of feel like the schools are failing. I think we got to really revisit the curriculum. I mean, I think the schools have been designed to get to, to help kids get to college, but a lot of kids yeah. aren't going to college. No. So I think we need more social skills, like listening yeah. skills. I think we need more, you know, what's what's it going to be like in the workplace, uh, and maybe more internships in the workplace. I think we need more uh, civics education. Yeah. And. Um, and uh, I think we need more financial plan, financial, uh, you know, planning, how to organize your life. We yeah, financial literacy. Here, but, yeah. Uh, but I think the civics, you know, kids, kids don't really, people don't understand how our government works and how are we going to, how are we going to sustain it without mm. people who, young people coming up? And, and, and so I think, I think we really need to revisit the curriculum. Yeah. School, I, mean, I, I, I think also, you know, I, you know, I, I don't get it. This is a whole other discussion, but I think a lot of the responsibility rests on the part of parents who are also not doing their job, but that's another matter. Well, I know parents, <laughs> I mean, you know, parents are, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I feel, I feel a lot of pain for parents, but we've seemed to have reached a point where, where there's a lot of tolerance of bad behavior. Yes. That's what I mean. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've seen my, my wife got flipped off the bird on going, getting on a, on a, on a, going on to the highway, which oh wasn't God. fast enough on the entrance ramp. Mm. There just seems to be a tolerance of a lot of bad behavior. Yes. And, you know, the, the, the way we interact with each other. And, you know, and, and leaders, parents, kids see that. 
Mm. And, and, you know, I think we need to have a national conversation about whatever happened to kindness. That's I know it. I think that was one of my columns I wrote. <laughs> Sometimes I get a little bit off leadership uh, in my columns <laughs> in the business review, but whatever happened to kindness and how do we treat each other? Exactly. And, you know, get people to look within themselves. Of course, one of our workshops in Brave Angels is called Depolarizing Within. But I just like to see people look within themselves at their behavior. And how am I behaving? And would I want my kids to behave like that? I know it. Um, it it's just our whole standard. You know, it's a big, it's a bigger question. But I think it's something we really have to wrap our heads around. I know it. So it's much more than just politics, is I guess what I'm saying. You know, politics is sort of the cutting edge. And so people... Either, either they get into these conflicts or they avoid politics altogether. And we're, we're trying to at least teach people, okay, there's other ways. There's ways you can disagree and have a respectful conversation. And we we have steps. Step one, step two, step three is the way to do it. But it starts with listening. It starts mm -hmm. with really listening to what the person said. Uh, and then trying to acknowledge and go back to what they said. If this is not rocket science, it's pretty simple. And then you can say, well, I'd like to, can I share a different perspective? And then you know, usually people say yes. And, you know, so we have, we have workshops that do that, but you know, it, it pains me that, that they're even needed because this is kind of stuff that we all need, people need in day-to-day -day life. Yeah, I, I, it really is. It's just, uh, I just think it's such a necessary thing. It's, and, it, and it's like you said, it, you know, it's, it's, it's important in politics, but you know, it's also probably, it's probably, it's also important in the workplace. I mean, this is the kind of thing that we need, we need to get these skills again that we used to have as human beings, but. So well, I, and this is where I think workplaces can be, can be helpful. You know, yeah. I think, you know, that, uh, you know, strengthening workplaces, it, 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 it's, it's a little bit shocking though, when you look at the Pew data, like on leadership and, and like employee engagement, you know, they've been tracking that for years, big, large surveys. Yeah. And you only get like between, you know, 25 to maybe, I think it's 36% of people say they're engaged in their work. Mm. So that means some large percentage is, is some people are, are disengaged and other people are just kind of, you know, doing the minimum. Yeah. And, you know, that goes back to kind of the leadership qualities. Yeah. But it, it, it's amazing to me that we've been as successful as a nation and, you know, our businesses are, you know, so admired when when we have that kind of that we, we don't have higher engagement and higher commitment from people with work. And yeah, I mean, I think it does go back to the kind of the leadership and how people yeah. are communicating to their employees. Mm -hmm. And but I mean, I think but, but for businesses, you know, if they're if people are having um, people can't talk about you have political disagreements in work. Um, that can really affect the bottom line. That can yes. really affect, um, you know, people getting, people have to work together in teams. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so these skills are important and people in the workplace, I mean, I'd like to see us, we've done some Brave Radios, I'd like to see us doing more, uh, more of this kind of work, more offerings to workplaces. And because I think this is where a lot of this, the rubber hits the road. Yeah, that's, that's braverangels.org. And if you're interested in it, I, I really urge you to check it out. And uh, Doug, Doug Teschner, I, I really appreciate we're running out of time here. So I want to I really say that, man, I appreciate you, you just being here and discussing this with, with us. It's really in a very important topic. So thanks again, Doug. Well, thank you. And uh, really appreciate the work you're doing. Oh, thank you. Well, this is Jeff Feingold with Amanda Andrews saying uh, be well, everybody. <laughs>